0: Hey everybody, it's Richie, and before we start this episode of the podcast, DraftKings time. It's playoffs, in hockey, and in basketball, and DraftKings wants to give you a free shot at thousands of dollars every day of the basketball playoffs, offering players a free shot of up to $10,000 in total prizes. DraftKings free-to-play pools are easier to enter. All you gotta do is download the DraftKings app, go to pools, and choose from a wide variety of free contests for an opportunity to win cash prizes. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable so you can deposit and withdraw your money at your convenience. All you got to do, download the DraftKings app right now and use our promo code THPN when you sign up to get your free shot at up to $10,000 in total prizes every day at the basketball playoffs. Head to the DraftKings pools page and get your shot at huge cash prizes. That's promo code THPN for a limited time only at DraftKings.
1: I'm Corey Crenshaw.
0: I'm Richie Suave Flores.
1: And this is Sporty with Corey
0: and Richie Suave. On the Hockey Podcast Network. In a world where social media is king, and everyone is an expert in everything, get the facts from your insiders here on Sporty with Corey and Richie Suave. Here are your hosts, Corey Crenshaw and Richie Flores.
1: Welcome back in, Sporty Nation. Nice to be talking to you all. Richie and I are all nice and relaxed and liquored up because we have some coyotes rumors to be throwing at you guys tonight. And, you know, any of this postseason speculation crap, we always have to be a little bit loosey-goosey for because it always gets a little bit dumb. But to talk about that amongst everything else... Per usual, my wonderful and amazing co-host is with me as always, Richie Suave Flores. How you doing?
0: Hello, Corey. You know I am still buzzing tonight. We are about 24 hours after the Valley Oop on Tuesday night at the Suns Arena. DeAndre Ayton giving the Suns a 2-0 series lead, thanks to Jay Crowder's incredible pass. So I am I am buzzing. We have some coyotes rumors to talk about tonight that may be a little depressing. But at least, like we talked about in the last show, the Suns are giving us all the hope and all the good things in the world that this frickin' town so desperately needs and deserves, because it's been so shit for the past fifty fucking years.
1: <laughs> Some shit on so many levels. Um, I mean, this year, you know, the other things that are with it is the coy- the Coyotes had a a lot of problems. Just missed playoffs. The D-back set, what was it? It was a 20-something game? 23, long- yeah. Losing streak. That was that was the uh, award that they got, you know. That, that was their record that they broke was a losing um, MLB record there. And um, I don't know. Cardinals aren't even in my brain at this point. So, you know, we always say that We can only have one good team here in Arizona. Like, we can't have multiple good teams at at the same time. We can't pull a Tampa Bay. But this, I'm willing to take if it's this exciting. That was insane. And it made it even better in the fact that you came over and watched that game. So um, I actively got to see you jump off the couch when it happened as well.
0: Yeah, I it's I I get way too into it. Um, and I did. Now, I would just like to point out that I kind of called what was going to happen. I like jokingly said to you and Scotty that like, oh well, maybe they'll just do like a alley oop to DeAndre Ayton, and, and that's exactly what happened. So I like to point out that I I jokingly said that that would happen, and it happened. So maybe I just spoke into existence. But yeah, I got way too excited, which I I am very glad I was able to do. Um, hopefully I didn't wake up any of your neighbors cause I was so loud, but <laughs> it was, uh, I, for a second, like, I think there was like a second where I didn't react to what happened. Cause I was like, wait a minute, what just happened? I was confused as to whether or not the basketball had just gotten straight from the, uh, pass from Jay Crowder. And I was like, wait a minute, what just happened? Did he, did DeAndre even touch it? What's going on? Are, I, it was, did we really win that game? And then, I saw the referee point that it was a good basket, and I was like, Holy shit! Like, I can't believe what I just saw. One of the greatest moments in Phoenix sports history, and hopefully, Suns fans truly get to enjoy it here as we continue on this run. They've won nine straight games in the playoffs, which is ridiculous. Their total record is 11 and 2. They are 11 and 2 in the playoffs right now, and they only need six more wins to bring to the city their first ever NBA championship for the team that has been here the longest since 1968. It's a team that deserves it. It's, and I, I right now they're the favorites to win the championship, which is insane to say that. Like, so just let that sink in there for a little bit and, and, and hopefully give us some humbleness here. They're like, we still have a long way to go, right? Like, the Clippers came back from 0-2 deficits in, the, deficits in the first two series. They still have a heck of a player in Paul George. They were beat down. They beat the Suns down for four quarters there. Devin Booker might have a broken nose, for goodness sake, right? Like That was this-
1: like the gift that kept on giving. That man had so many things shoved up his nose that game. I don't know how he was breathing.
0: Yeah, and like you saw the pictures from the post game where like his entire nose was swollen. I made the joke that it looked straight out of She's the Man when um, a Channing Tatum and uh, Amanda Bynes both had tampons shoved up their nose. And that's what that reminded me of. And so, anyway, yeah, my point being just enjoy it. You still have a long way to go, it's not in the bag quite yet. Chris Paul likely to come back though for game three. Um, but, uh, man, was it exciting. I'm glad I got to uh, enjoy it with you and Scotty with some brothers bond at my side. And, uh, it felt good to be that nervous about sports again. I know I say that all the time when I said it last year, when the Coyotes were in the playoffs, like when you're that nervous about sports, it's a good thing. And that's why we love sports so much.
1: Well, and it just, it's funny. Cause like, I will say it's, it's fun to, but I also was at a point in that game where I was like, I'm not enjoying this. Like, I felt so uncomfortable <laughs> that it was, like, hard for me to watch at certain times because it was that nerve-wracking.
0: It was very tense in the room.
1: And it was it was kind of on that edge, too, where it there was such bad calls. I mean, I guess they were technically, like, the correct call, but, you know, there's... And when we talk about this in hockey all the time too. Like there, there's always those unspoken rules that like people abide by, and the fact that like they were calling things that should have never been called that way. Like uh, when when the ball was knocked out of Booker's hand, he was technically the last one to touch the ball, but the the rule is that. It's whoever is pushing it out, like, is making it go out. Uh, Those type of calls were just starting to get ridiculous. And I could feel myself getting angry. Like, if it didn't go the correct way, I was going to get angry. And then um, you go into the two missed free throws. And I felt like all was right with the world. It was a complete, like, basketball karma. I felt like it was finally coming back in the direction of, yeah, that there were some things owed to the Suns in this, which made me feel a little bit better, but didn't make me feel less nervous.
0: And, you know, my favorite stat from that last 90 seconds of the game, I think I sent this to you and Scotty, too. It took 33 minutes. To play the final 90 seconds of that basketball game.
1: <laughs> that is such insanity. It's ridiculous. You could play a period and almost get through an intermission. Just um, in the time it took to get through the end of that basketball game.
0: I uh, Yeah, exactly. And that's why I think a lot of casual sports fans or fringe NBA fans don't really like the sport because it just gets ridiculous. Like it should not take that long to decide a game. And like it took away from some of the tension in the game too, because there was no flow or momentum at the end there, right? Where it took five minutes to figure out whether or not the Suns actually won that basketball game or not, because they were trying to figure out who was on the court, who wasn't. The basket was good. How much time was left. And I'm just like, It was ridiculous. It was a ridiculous, just ridiculous last 90 seconds. I don't think we're going to see that anytime soon, at least, going that long. But, uh, yeah, again, it was so much fun. Can't wait to watch the rest of the series. Game three is coming up tonight, if you're listening to us, on Thursday. In L.A., Chris Paul expected to be back in the lineup. Going to be another exciting game for the Phoenix Suns and – Best of luck, Phoenix. We we desperately, desperately need this to happen to our city and to our sports fandom here. Just something good, for goodness sakes. But
1: um, I mean, we need something good in this state in general. Our, our our rent and housing prices are through the roof right now. We've got like the hottest June on record. It rained today, and um, it barely cooled off. It just got humid. And, and now I realize why I don't live in Florida uh, outside of the fact that, you know, it's Florida. Um, I hate humidity. Just cannot stand it.
0: I agree with you. I 100% agree with you. And um, so, yeah, good luck, sons. We'll wrap up the Suns conversation with that and move to some coyotes. We have a couple of coyotes things to talk about rumors-wise and news-wise one relates to the coaching search and the other relates to some rumors surrounding Connor Garland. Do you want to, where do you want to start? Right. Would you like to start with the Garland news or would you like to start with the coaching news?
1: Okay. So when I saw the coaching news today, I, it was funny because me and you did it, uh, three minutes apart on our own Twitter because, you know, um, we're best friends. We, we, shoot a show together and I don't know we can't not do the same thing um so we I normally would delete mine but I felt like it was very um it it represented both of our feelings on the matter so well I didn't because uh you had quote tweeted saying interesting dot 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 and I had put um uh Robert Downey Jr. as Iron Man, one of the best acting choices ever, but i, I digress <laughs> um it, looking very annoyed and like frustrated um a, a gif of that as that quote tweet. and I feel like that's a hundred percent how we are. My pick out of the list was. Mike Van Ryn. So the fact that he is not in the running anymore is actually very frustrating to me. Because I feel like out of everyone, he was the most qualified, had the most experience with the team, had uh, development experience, and had um, experience with the roadrunners. So it was perfect where this team is looking to go, um, where... Armstrong I believe will be taking the team and has a lot of the same experience and values that Armstrong has. So the fact that he will not be leaving St. Louis really bothers me, but um you have to wonder and we had had one of our friends that uh, uh, that is formerly from the Blue Notes podcast on this network, uh, say that it's because um, the Blues didn't want to give him up. I don't think there are any solid facts on whether that is uh, true or not, but I could definitely see that being the case, considering the fact that, um, you know, they're trying to rebuild essentially their team as well. So I don't know about this, but I I don't like it.
0: Yeah, it seems like on paper that Mike Van Ryan was, in a way, the perfect choice, like you kind of already talked about and we talked about previously when we talked about Mike Van Ryan. Like everything you just mentioned, you know, the the connection to Bill Armstrong, the connection to the team, the connection to some of the Cowdys younger players through his connection to the Roadrunners and – it seems like everything kind of lined up like he might be the kind of perfect choice. It seemed like most fans were wanting him to be the choice. And to have this news dropped on us was kind of surprising. You know, I was like, oh, okay. I I never even saw, honestly, Corey, I didn't even see the fact that he had even gotten a second or third interview. I I only saw that he had interviewed once with the team and that's it because we've gotten some other – Uh, news um, that Todd Nelson has already had a second interview, right? We've had um, a couple other names have already had interviews. And that's the only news we saw from Mike Van Ryan was that he just had his first interview and that's it. So again, it it just seems like it was almost a match made to be perfect. And for whatever reason, Coyotes are going a different direction. Now I'm curious to see, and I doubt we're going to get this, you know, did the Blues come to Mike and say, hey, we're going to give you more money? Did they extend his contract? Did the Coyotes just decide that he wasn't the right fit? Did he interview poorly? Did um, Mike Van Ryan not want to take the job? You know, who knows? I wonder if we're going to find out. But, you know, now we move into a different phase of, All right, okay, well, what's next, right? And some of the other names here in contention – most recently, from Craig Morgan, from a tweet he put out back on June 14th, which is about uh, 10 days ago now. Um, he says, Add Syracuse Crunch coach Benoit Grolu to the list of confirmed candidates whom the Coyotes have spoken. Um, Todd Nelson, Jay Leach, and Ottawa 67's Team Canada coach Andre. Torigny, were the other names mentioned in that piece, and so those names seem to be the leading contenders at this point, point. and from what I was reading as far as some national members of the media when it comes to the coaching carousel league-wide is that a lot of teams were kind of waiting for Rod Brindamore to – Resign with the Hurricanes in order to kind of make their choice. Because if Rod Brindamore would to become a free agent and leave the Hurricanes, then he would have been on the top choice for a lot of teams. He's staying with Carolina now, so I'm wondering now, as we get under a month really until the NHL draft, which is usually when a lot of coaches are signed up. By then, I wonder if we're going to get some quick move, quick movement here um, in terms of a lot of coaches being hired again like we mentioned on our last show rick has already had his third interview with the with the kraken and so i feel like things are going to move pretty quickly now and the calories have said that they want to coach in place by the draft so i feel like we're going to get some momentum here and in the next few weeks we're going to get a final solution to this and again to wrap up the the mike van ryan news like it it, it was kind of it's it was a little it was a, a surprise to a lot of people and I'm curious where they decide to go here, um, from from there.
1: If it is on the side of Mike Van Ryan, who had kind of taken himself out of it, you have to wonder, because one of the things that Armstrong had said coming into the Coyotes, and and not to stir this up and to throw this out here, but he said that a lot of people were telling him not to take the job, and considering the fact that that was coming from St. Louis you have to wonder if there's a possibility that that was the same thing for Mike Van Ryan and he may have actually listened to them as opposed to Armstrong.
0: Uh, Yeah. You know, that could be 100% be the case. Um, And we've kind of talked about previously and hinted previously on the show that Rick Taco is one of the lowest paid coaches in the league. You have to wonder how much of a, kind of point of contention that is for some possible coaches, right? And in terms of the salary. So keep that in mind as the Coyotes continue their coaching search um, here as they wrap it up. within in the next month, obviously, as we get closer and closer to the NHL draft. So one more bit of Coyotes news here. And this comes from uh, Frank Saravelli, formerly of TSN, currently with the daily face-off now. He reported this. He had an article about the top trade targets, and listen, his top five was Connor Garland. And this is what he said. He said, The Coyotes have not treated Garland like the player who was the heartbeat of their team. Garland's camp, led by agent Peter Cooney, submitted two contract proposals as requested by the club on May 20th, and there has been zero communication or dialogue since. Um, here's a quote here, um, from his agent, we're looking for Connor to be paid respectfully, like the core player he was for the coyotes. It appears that will be elsewhere, which is no real shock given the Arizona nearly moved Garland in the days prior to April shred deadline, which is weird. And I don't think we knew previously. I think his name, I think we talked about at the time where like, his name was kind of popping up as a possibility, but we never really thought it would happen, and. And the fact that in this report he was nearly moved is kind of wild. And we've, we've given our thoughts on moving Conor going before we just, I don't both of us. I think we're in agreement that we really didn't see it as a great idea, but at least for me, I kind of understood where they were coming from in a way. And, Man, it's just, what a tough sale this would be. If they traded Connor Garland, who's a fan favorite, he's a guy who I feel like is your, like mentioned there, he's going to be a core player for you. He's a guy who I think as some of the veteran leadership from his team, your Dromersons and your Demers and those guys kind of move on. I feel like he's a guy who is probably going to be an assistant captain, right? I think he's going to get a letter very soon for this, for this team. And, and if they were to trade him, it would, it would be heartbreaking, honestly, like to lose a guy like that who is so such a good player, who is likable in the community, seemingly liked by his teammates. It would be frustrating for the Cowboys to trade him if it wasn't for a massive, massive haul.
1: Yeah, that's the thing is you have to start then getting to a point of who is your core because clearly they're going to start tearing the team apart and rebuilding it. That that is a no ifs, ands, or buts about it. That that's what they're gonna do. You have to have in everything something that you are going to keep. You have to have, um, you you have to stand for something, or you'll you'll fall for everything. That type of a situation. There has to be some players that you know are like these are our core players that no matter what we're gonna keep these, unless it we aren't getting everything for them it's going to be life-changing for this team but it seems like they're not willing to play ball with him when it comes to his own contract and like that to me is just a little bit strange like at least play ball of them and try and get him in a nice contract and figure that out and then if you get some you, you know if you end up being in a situation where you get a ton for him like think about it but I would go ahead with it thinking that you're not going to be trading him that you're going to be keeping him and using him as one of your core players you know the there's certain people like Garland and Chikrin and uh Dvorak there's people that really contribute on this team and are definite like leaders going forward And those are the people that you need to be keeping to be in a leadership role, because when you have a team that's going to be so new like this, you need someone, some people who are actually, you know, um, here previously to lead that charge. It just feels a little bit strange to me. I would be trying to focus more on that OEL trade and really not trying to push Connor Garland out there. I would just be fielding those if they come in and if something's really impressive to me, I'll, I'll take it, but not make it where he's on, you know, high on the uh, auction list there.
0: And, you know, it's the thing to me too, is that I don't think they would get as much as they would maybe think because, because he's a, a free agent if they do trade him, they would only be trading his rights. So they wouldn't be trading a guy who's under contract, which is usually what brings in more assets is a guy who is young and who's under control for many years. And in Conor Garland's case, that's not the case. So unless they worked out a deal where they worked out a contract with this team ahead of time type of thing, then I don't think they'd get as much as they want. And I think you hit the nail on the head like, If you're a team like the Coyotes, who's now kind of moving into this next phase of kind of rebuilding under a new head coach and a new regime, you still need guys to build around and to kind of transition into that veteran leadership. And that's what Connor Garland can become for this team. If you sign him to a four or five year deal, he would become the veteran leadership of this team, right? Jacob Chikrin would move into his prime years as a veteran leader on this team, right? Same thing with Christian Dvorak, like you mentioned. And I have a feeling the resolution to this is I think Connor Garland is eventually going to do basically a bridge deal. I don't think he's going to sign long-term yet. Most of the reason for that is we know the salary cap isn't going to change too much over the next couple of years. So it's going to be harder for him to gain that big money now, as opposed to maybe in a couple of years when the salary cap goes up. So I'm looking for, you know, a, maybe like a two-year deal worth about $5 million per year. I have a feeling that's, again, speculation on my part, but I feel like that's kind of where this could be headed.
1: Oh, I could absolutely see that. And the fact that they're not giving him that vote of confidence either and the fact that they, you know, someone like Clayton Keller, um, you know, he, (laughs) he was gifted this wonderful deal, same thing kind of with OEL. And then you've got Connor Garland who really gave an amazing performance this last year was really the kind of the heart and soul of this team. And the fact that he gave the energy on the ice every single night, it's the only player that decided to be like a true grit player on your team. And you reward him with trying to underpay him. It just, it's not what you do. You, he's, he probably feels extremely undervalued and um, really like they're kind of like spitting in his face essentially by it. And so if I was him, I wouldn't have any real loyalty to this team right now because of the fact that they're not showing me the same in return.
0: And um Craig Morgan tweeted this out again earlier that um, Connor Garland isn't really looking for that kind of money when it comes to big money, like a contract and to the extent of your Clayton Keller, which is, you know, your $7 million range. So he's looking for a little bit less money than that, which I think is fair, fair, fair value for him. And I hope the Coyotes do eventually come around, come to their senses, and get him signed up for the next couple years at least, and then work to a long-term deal after that. So that's your Coyotes news for the week, everybody. Um, Again, we expect it to pick up here in the next couple weeks. We talked about previously that this was going to be a very exciting offseason with a lot of movement and a lot of craziness. Hasn't quite picked up yet, but now we're starting to get these rumors. We talked about OEL in last week's show. Talking about the head coaching search today, the Connor Gall rumors. Things are only really going to get crazier and crazier from here as we're getting closer and closer to finalizing the teams who are going to be in the Stanley Cup Final. We're going to get a Game Seven in one of the in one of the semifinals between the Islanders and the Tampa Bay Lightning, and then in the other series, the Montreal Canadiens have the surprising three-two series lead um, against the Golden Knights, which is crazy after they beat, beat Vegas. Vegas. On Vegas ice, so congratulations to the um, Montreal Canadians as we have adopted them as our team for the postseason
1: <laughs> and and can we also take a moment to just uh sit and recognize the fact again that the Avalanche shit the bed
0: yeah I'm still I'm still shocked at that like I still can't believe they fucked up for a second straight season like that
1: it's gotta be so frustrating to be that team because like I definitely had them pegged to be going all the way with this because of the fact that they are such a deep and well-rounded team and the fact that they weren't able to to beat Vegas just kills me. Not that Vegas isn't a good team. they just they have some of their own demons. And uh, Colorado was much more well-rounded than that. It is kind of funny, though. um, We were talking about it last night. The whole um, discussion about the fact that, you know, there's the rumor that um, Kemper would have gotten traded to them um, if they were willing to give up a first-round pick and they weren't. So you have to wonder if they were buying themselves in the ass about that. I... I am kind of glad it didn't happen, but uh, in the same regard, it sucks to be you guys because to have that good of a team and not be successful is rough.
0: Yeah, exactly. It's pain, 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 which we know too often here in the state of Arizona and in Phoenix sports, like we kind of talked about to kick off the show. So that was a nice full circle moment right there. In my opinion, we started with the success of the Suns and ended with the heartbreak of the Colorado Avalanche for the second straight year, which, again, we know all too well here in Phoenix sports. So let's wrap up here quickly, Corey, with the release of Fast 9 or F9, whatever they're calling it, comes out on Friday. That's when we're going to go see it. I'm very excited about this. This is the first time that you and I are going to be seeing a Fast and Furious movie together, like in theaters, because it took me forever to watch the previous eight movies. And uh, I'm I'm super excited about this.
1: Are you happy now that I, I convinced you to watch the first one? Yes. Because I am very proud that after I convinced you to watch the first one, you went on a nice... Uh, binge and just started watching all of them because it's made me very happy as your friend and a fan of all of the fast franchise.
0: Yeah, and yeah, like I said, I was, uh, I was, well, I guess I wasn't surprised that I liked them as much as I do, but I was, I'm more disappointed that it took me as long to join the band, Mike. But it looks, I cannot wait, I cannot wait to find out. How in the world Han is coming back? That's my biggest question mark about the entire movie is how in the world Han is still alive. And number two, how in the world is John Cena actually Vin Diesel's brother? Because they look nothing alike. And I'm very confused by John Cena's hair in the movie too because he just doesn't look right with hair.
1: So here's, here, yes, here's, I have very similar takes on this. So, like, yeah, I was watching um, Fast... Oh, God, they all start to blur together after a while. Fast 6. Fast 6. And um, that is the one that's te- technically before, like, Tokyo Drift, because um, Han, after that, after um, Giselle dies... He goes to Tokyo because she wanted them to end up in Tokyo. Um, and then Tokyo Drift and then he dies. I was watching that. And it's funny because when he goes, I have to go to Tokyo. Like, it's something I have to do. It actually adds like a moment of like in a very like happy moment at the end of that movie. A little bit of like darkness to it because you know he dies. And so it like, it's funny because... Han's one of my favorite characters, and I normally am not one of those people that's like, oh, it takes away from... But it kind of does take away from some of the previous movies. And I know, you know, these are just more about fun. It's not necessarily about the, like, absolute storyline. But so it should be really interesting in how they're going to try and explain that, for one. Uh, Two, pisses me off that if they're going to try and find a way to bring back Han, why don't you bring back Giselle, too? because uh, her character and the, the two of them together, like him and Gal Gadot are just freaking amazing in those movies together. So why can't you just bring her back? Like, I don't know. She had a parachute on.
0: Yeah. And- we never, we never saw her body. They never had a funeral. Like she just jumped off the, the, um,
1: bar and then shot yeah. at the guy that was trying to attack. Yeah. 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 And that's, and that's the thing, and all they—they they don't even really take a moment to mourn her either. Like, no. you know, like when Letty died, it was like this whole thing. But when like she died, it was like, "Where is she?" And then they held him and like cried, and then that was it. And so I'm just just like, why can't you bring her back? So that's my other big question, and I also have the big question of um John Cena. It's very hard for me sometimes. I enjoy him in movies, and sometimes I really don't. But he always plays somewhat similar characters. And this one, I feel like, is a little bit out of his range, and it's making me nervous.
0: <laughs> I, You know, I am looking up John Cena's IMDb right now, and I'm trying to find out the last time, the last movie.
1: Trainwreck saw- was the last one I think I saw him in. He was in Trainwreck. I- um He was also in Daddy's Home. Um, Oh, yeah, he
0: was in Psych the movie. Okay, that's the last time I saw him in a movie.
1: (laughs) But he plays very, like, similar characters, and they're all very similar to... I mean, in Trainwreck, he, he played a little bit different of a character, but, like, in, like, say, like daddy's home he plays very something very similar to like how he was like WWE wise his acting is very all just very broody and like given it's Fast and the Furious you can just be broody and manly and like just super everything misogynist as a villain in those movies and just get away with it um so it might work but I just feel like it's a little bit above his acting abilities, so I'm I'm really hoping he doesn't ruin it for me because Charlize Theron is amazing and her as a villain is insane. I hate her bowl cut though; that kills me.
0: <laughs> They've had some really great villains in Fast and Furious franchise, right? They had Luke Evans there in Fast Six.
1: Six, right. yeah, that was when I just watched. Yeah, he's Jason he's actually Statham.
0: pretty good. Yeah, he's great. Jason Statham in Fast Seven, and I love, I love Jason Statham. He was great. Um, and then charlise Theron is a is a great actress. She was fine in Fast Eight. I was, you know what I mean. Like, she wasn't as good as, in my opinion, as 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 the Shaw Brothers were. But I'm excited to see. I excited to see more of her. In, in Fast Nine and see where she takes the character because she's a fucking badass man, Charlize Theron. Like no ifs, ands, or buts about it. She is amazing, and I hope we get to see more of her here in in Fast Nine. We'll have our full review on the next show coming up on Monday, and um, so be on the lookout for that. And uh, do you have anything else before we before we say goodbye?
1: Uh, Charlize Theron is the saving grace a fast eight. I've said it. You have it recorded. She is the saving grace of that movie.
0: <laughs> uh yeah, okay. I can I'm okay with that. it's, it's not
1: a- one of my like favorite all-around Fast and the Furious movies. Like it just oh, I agree. I I
0: didn't I agree. enjoy
1: that one as much all around. What makes it still like good to me is Charlize Theron. Because it's very hard to make Dom, like Dom, the quote-unquote villain in it. It just feels weird. It messes with the dynamic a little bit too much.
0: Yeah, I agree. I agree. Charlize Theron, by the way, still hot as ever. She is. I see if my math is correct. She's forty, gonna be forty-six very soon. Goals. Yeah. Fuck yeah. Absolutely.
1: There's some of them that, like, like Charlize Theron is one, Halle Berry. Mm-hmm. She was, like, a Bond... Uh, what are those called? A Bond girl when mm-hmm. she was, like, in her mid-40s, I
0: think. Yeah, that Bond movie sucks, by the way. Don't even waste your time watching if you haven't seen it. But anyway, yeah. Excited for the movie. Thanks for listening to the show. Hopefully, Conor Garland does not get traded. Go Suns. Suns in four, baby. Calling it now. Another sweep. Until next time, good night and good hockey, everybody.